Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. <coughs> Hit the music. Everybody likes it. People in Ireland, they like that. Darby What's up, everybody, and welcome to Corner to Corner Wrestling Radio. We're live. It's the 29th of November here in the year of our Lord, 2022. I didn't do that very often. <coughs> Live on Spreaker.com. You can catch up with us there. You can also catch up with us through NewAttitudeMedia.com, C2CRadioShow.com. Uh, and all points in between, of course, you can download the show through Apple, Amazon, Google Play, all of your favorite I uh, podcast providers. <clears throat> I'm Stan Grubb. My co-host tonight is Brian Taylor, my tag team partner as always. Rob is out this evening. He may be joining us later. Brian, how you doing, man? So, so I'm your co-host, but Rob is your tag team partner. No, no. I, I did that. Is that how that came out? That's how it came out. I apologize. That's not how it's supposed to be. Brian is, is my tag team partner as always as well. Excuse me. For speaking incorrectly, I don't know. I don't know if I can do that. I apologize, Mister Mister Brian Taylor, sir. Okay, uh, no, now I can live with that. Okay, I appreciate that. You said Mister. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, oh man, Turkey Day has come and gone. I am very glad that that it has. But we had some great food, great family. Good to see everybody. Um. Survivor Series has come and gone. Full Gear has come and gone. Thank God. It's an extremely long show. Good show. Very long show. Um, it's it's tough when when you're watching uh, even something you really, really enjoy. It it can be something that it's, it's almost like a job <laughs> to watch. Not a bad thing, but it just it can really, really <clears throat> wear you down. And I feel like this is probably the first time in a long time that I felt like AEW's show was just maybe a little too long. Um, we've had conversations before about how like WrestleMania doesn't need to be two nights. Not, not everybody has to be on pay-per-view. And this was probably the first pay-per-view for AEW where I felt like, man, maybe not everybody needs to be on this show, but you don't really know for sure. It's just one of those things where, that you go through and you kind of learn as you go. And, and the thing is, in looking back over the card, we're getting ready to talk about it here, but in looking back over the card of what made the main show, the question becomes, what would you take off? Wait, you did know. y'all not have a show last week? No. no I was, but, oh, y'all didn't do it on Tuesday? My bad. Okay. Wow. Okay. So so you not only don't read don't read messages. <laughs> I was 
sick, dude. Let me tell you how sick I was. Tell us how sick you were. Right, let me tell you about my fever, my walking fever dream. Oh, no. Right, so uh, what day? I guess it was Thanksgiving. I think it was Thanksgiving now. Mind you, I'd been down for the count. So I come home Tuesday, uh, wasn't feeling good, Asked, uh, said I wouldn't be on the show, right? Damn. For that night. Remember? I do. And I do then, remember that. Uh, so I pulled up the covers after I texted you and I went to sleep, right? And I'm not, I'm not a big cover guy, right? I'm not, I don't really like a lot of covers. By the time it was all said and done, I had five covers on, right? Five blankets or sheets or whatever you want to call them. Five different ones. I was just knocked out, zoned out. Wednesday's pretty much the same thing all day long. Feel a little bit better in the evening. Turkey Day gets here. No, I'm not going nowhere. I'm 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 still down. I'm still out. So here's where this gets interesting. So again, I, I don't I'm not playing video games. I'm just kind of watching Criminal Minds and still up under the covers, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> well, somewhere along the way, there's a knock on my door. My front door. And I know this because one dog is at the door barking and the other is standing on the couch barking, not two dogs. And they normally, when somebody knocks, take the appropriate spots and then start barking at the door. So I get up, I open the door, and this is where it gets uh, fuzzy. Because I don't remember why or who. Or for what reason, I opened that door. Okay. Other than there had to have been a knock at that door. So anyway, so the door shuts. And I go back to my covers. And later, the wife gets home. And I'm trying to eat a little dinner. And, well, shit, it dawns on me. I can't remember who I opened this fucking door for. (laughs) Oh, no. I don't even remember, like, what they looked like or what they wanted or if I opened the door or, or anything. I just simply remember opening the door. Oh, wow. And then closing the door. Well, that's not good. Oh. <clears throat> and to this day, I did, like, here we are, you know, several days later, and I still cannot remember. Oh, no. If I even talk to anybody once I open the door. But I know I opened the door. Uh Uh-huh. Because the dogs heard the knock, too, and were, again, assumed their normal spots. And I can't remember anything. So I don't know what happened. I don't know, like, when, the you know, who was at the door, like, they sprayed me in the face with some, you know, thing or you know, some man in black showed up and said, "No, you're gonna forget this day." You know, I don't. That's how bad. That's how bad I was out. So you may have been abducted, and we don't even know. It's quite possible. I have no clue. My goodness. That's you how sir, bad I was out of it. You sir have been through it. Yeah. I was, yeah. Something. Something happened. I know something happened. I'm gonna figure it out one day. <clears throat> 
somebody might have been going door to door selling Girl Scout cookies, and you may have embarrassed yourself by saying, oh, just being all zombified. This, this, yeah. this may not have ended well for you, sir. No, I, I mean, I have no clue. I have absolutely no clue what happened that day. Once I opened the door. <clears throat> so I did get abducted and just don't know. When did you realize, when did you realize that, oh, wow, I, I don't, I don't remember answering the door or remember who was at the door. It was when your wife got home, you said, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. How long between the time you answered the door and the time your wife got home? I can only assume a couple hours. A couple of hours. My goodness. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I, I mean, again, once I shut the door, as far as I know, I went back to watching Criminal Minds. So this was at least a couple of hours. Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> did you notice anything out of place? No. Okay, so nothing was out of place at the house. That's good. Nothing got stolen. No. Was there anything no. there that wasn't supposed to be there? Yeah, nothing crazy like that. Okay. All right. That's no. a good thing. That's a good thing. You don't want there to be, <laughs> to be stuff, you know, that shouldn't be, like somebody plants drugs in your house or something. Well, I wouldn't know if they haven't been found yet. That's a good point. You see what I'm saying? So there could be just some rando search warrant out there for you, and you may not find out until they find and go, Sir, what's this? No. That's not mine. I'll know if that happens. Was there any sign of injury to you? No. No No sign of injury. Nothing weird. Were stuck on the collar or anything like that? No, no, no. Well, they, uh, I mean, you know, I opened the door and remember shutting the door. I don't remember, apparently I don't remember why or who I opened it up for. <laughs> I mean, the the opportunities here are endless. The, the, there's so many different questions that you could ask. I mean, like, would your butt, would your butt sore? I mean, did somebody just give you a warm caress and then walk away? I mean, this is so intriguing. Not a clue. Not a clue. Wow. Or could have just been the fever fairies and, you know, just wishing you good goodwill and then walking away. I think it was the fever fairies. And that's <laughs> maybe, maybe they're putting pixie dust on you, making you feel better. I have no clue. It was the damnedest, damnedest thing that's happened to me in a long time. Jeez. That would freak me out, though, knowing I opened the door and then having basically a blank space of time where I can't remember anything else. Yeah. Well, again, it's not that, like, I guess it's not that it's like a blank space of time, but it's like, I'm pretty sure there was a knock at the door because the dogs, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Barked and did what dogs do. And they, again, they assume their normal positions. Yeah. But from that point, I have no fucking clue. No no idea. None whatsoever. Wow. Well, I guess we can be grateful that you're safe and no one was harmed. Any sign of any hidden cameras in there? No. Maybe they knocked at the door, thought they were going to abduct the body, and saw my beautiful frame come into view, and they're like, (laughs) 
well, we've got the wrong house, clearly. We've got to keep moving. <laughs> We're not going to be able to put him on the black market. Or maybe maybe you thought you heard a knock and answered the door and the dogs were reacting, but nobody was at the door. I don't know, man. It's a mystery. <laughs> or maybe you said, go the F away. I'm sick. <laughs> no, I definitely didn't do that. I definitely, I clearly remember opening the door. Okay. Okay. Well, what can you do, I guess? It's a little freaky. Huh? It's a little freaky, but I guess we got to just let it go, right? Right, yeah. I mean, I, I cannot for the life of me put it together. So. It's one of life's mysteries now. And Yep. Dogs and cats living together. Random people knocking at Brian's door. I mean, it's mass hysteria. You know, very, very odd. Very strange. So, that must suck to be sick on Thanksgiving. Mm, kind of, yeah. But I've been sick on, you know, Thanksgiving and Christmas. And I'm COVID for one Christmas. So. Ugh. A COVID Christmas. So I figured what we would do this evening, since there's been so many different things that have happened, and and Full Gear is two weeks old now, almost three. Um, We'll we'll go through and and we'll talk about Full Gear, the the highlights. We'll talk about the obvious story (coughs) of uh, MJF and William Regal. And we'll talk about uh, a little bit of Survivor Series. We've got... Supposedly some uh, some bad blood, some heat there from Roman Reigns to Kevin Owens. We'll talk about that a little bit. Um, we'll talk about the Christmas hunt that's going on right now. And by Christmas hunt, I mean Rob decided to take it upon himself to say, Stan, what do you want for Christmas? Boy, he's going to regret ever asking me that question. He got, a, he got a good look at my Christmas list, including all of the belts that Brian told me about. We'll talk about that. And... We'll talk about a new WWE match type, the Iron Survivor Challenge. This looks kind of interesting. We talked about it a little bit before we went on the air, got Brian's initial thoughts, but we'll dive into it, talk about how it could work out in the future if it catches on. We'll start with uh, Full Gear. Great pay-per-view by AEW, albeit a very, very long pay-per-view. We started off uh, tonight by saying, you know, how do you decide who's going to be on the main show or not? Because at this card, the card itself was great. It, it's just, gosh, <laughs> it's a lot of matches in one fell swoop. We started the uh, pay-per-view with Jungle Boy, Jungle, Jungle Boy Jack Perry against Luchasaurus in a steel cage. Uh, you know, what I can recall of this match, and I realize it's a few weeks old here, but what I can recall of this match was it was a, it was a great way to start the pay-per-view. Um, probably Luchasaurus' best showing so far. And now that this feud is over, well, is it? Is it? that's a good question. That's a good question. I mean, what were your initial thoughts on the match? And then you asked the question, so I'll ask you the same. But do you think this feud is over? Uh, well, you know, let's not forget I'm almost 50. And I have the memory of a rock. So, <laughs> uh, I, you know, I do remember him winning. But outside of that, uh, I couldn't really give you an opinion on Um But, I mean, he's still got a feud with Christian. Right. So, is it really over with 
Luchasaurus. Well, and that's the thing. You, you've got an investment in Luchasaurus. <clears throat> you signed him to, if I recall, he and he and Jack Perry were signed to like five-year deals. So you've got another year or two on his contract. Now you can cycle him down to Elevation and Dark. But I feel like much like Kane was at one point in his career, you know, with with not really a place to hold in the car just yet, he's still an attraction. Yeah, but why would you cycle him down? I mean, if you if you don't have anybody for him to really work against right now on Dynamite or on Rampage, granted, Rampage doesn't seem to have a whole lot of direction. I mean, Rampage. It's an hour show of nothing but whatever carries over from Dynamite. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know. He was probably doing dark for being a one-trick pony anyway. Well, and and that's the thing. Like the tag match they had, the tag matches they had were good. You know, he had a a positive presence out there for a long portion of the pandemic era. So, to me, it made sense to keep him around and to have him there. But now that he has made the heel turn and now that he is going into probably the final leg of this this run against Christian because we're waiting on Christian to recover from his arm injury, what what else do you do with a guy like him? Yeah, like Luchasaurus, huh? I know what you do with him. You take him out back and shoot him. Damn. Put him out of his misery. Yeah. Now with the dinosaurs. Oh, man. No more dinosaurs in wrestling. Is that what you're saying? That's right. Um, yeah, I have no clue what you'd do with them. Honestly. I mean, I guess I guess you can still do something. Stuff with Especially when Christian comes back. Because, you know, in a sense, he's going to be... Um, He'll be Christian's uh, bodyguard or whatever, whatever right. you call. So, I guess you would be doing something with him, but um, <coughs> sorry, uh, yeah, it's I, I, again outside of that, I don't, I have no clue what you do with him. Jungle Boy bleeds early in this ta- in this uh, cage match. Gets beat up, takes a, a good amount of punishment, finally comes back, hits a, a an elbow drop from the top of the cage through the t- through a table, and then makes Luchasaurus tap out. That kind of surprises me. A guy like Luchasaurus, I don't know that I'd have had him tap out. I probably would have just given him a pinfall loss. What you trying to say? He can't tap out a big guy? A guy like that, if you want to protect his character, I don't think tapping out makes sense. Uh, but he put him in the snare trap, right? Sure. And the Have snare him pass tra- out. Snare trap is <clears throat> basically a chokehold. All right then. Essentially, it's a it's an STF, but it's it's slightly different. Well, dinosaurs can go get choked out. Sure, get choked out, but don't tap out. Well, I mean, but maybe he don't want to get choked out. Maybe he's a big sissy. About When's the last time you saw a T Rex tap out some? I don't know if a T Rex can tap out. Exactly, their arms are too short. But he's not a T-Rex. <laughs> well, what kind of dinosaur is he supposed to be? He's a luchasaurus. Well, damn it! <laughs> he's, a, he's 
dinosaur that does flippy flops. Still there? Yeah, oh. I'm here. <laughs> did you say flip flops? I did. I said flippy flops. Oh, flippy flop! Oh, you've been talking to Braun Strowman, have you? The flippy guys. Yeah. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I'm, I'm okay with it because you're just you're ensuring that the snare trap, you know, the mystique continues, and now you're showing he can be the guy of any size. And hey, the important thing is they made Jack Perry look strong. I wish we'd stop calling him Jack Perry, though. It does seem kind of weird. Do you, do you think we should call him Jungle Man now? He's grown up. He's got facial hair and everything. How about we just call him Jack? Jungle Jack. No, just Jack. Just Jack. Oh, just Jack. I think that's copywritten. I think NBC owns that. Uh, jungle? Jungle. Ooh, there we go. Or Jack of the Jungle. Jack of the Jungle. Oh, my Jack, God. Jack, I, Jack, Jack of the Jungle. <laughs> yeah. Come on, Mikey Ruckus. Get on it. Make that team. <laughs> here, comes, here comes the cease and desist. <laughs> and every time every time he has a major bump, watch out for that bump instead of tree. All right. We're in trouble. <laughs> or spot. Whatever. <laughs> Who's going on the fast? <laughs> uh okay so <laughs> leave the comedy to us next on the pay-per-view was the trios championship match now this one honestly i think i would have started the pay-per-view with this one because this was a great match death triangle against the elite um we got uh got a little bit of of, of <coughs> anxiety and anger from fans about cm punk during this match as they chanted f cm punk um, we'll talk about Chicago and how they reacted to, uh, the elite during their match too, but this was a, a, a really fun trios match. And, and frankly, I've heard the, uh, the complaints by, well, Mr. Cornette and his, and his cult. And, and I, I think it's unfounded. I think if you can't enjoy a Lucha match, then, you know, it's, that's what this match was. It was a Lucha match. That's what trios wrestling is. Is Lucha Libre. I don't know why everything has to be a goddamn NWA throwback match where people are using Southern Draw and, and, and doing a headlock for 15 goddamn minutes. Not every match has to be the same. Are you trying to sound like him, goddamn? That's what he says. And then, of course, it's thank you, uh, fuck you, and bye. Yeah. Goddamn. Goddamn. And then the goddamn match don't make no goddamn sense. And then and then the guy flips and flops. And then the people stand around <laughs> like. A... Now I agree with him there. Let me let me back up a little bit. So during the course of this lucha match, which I, I say again was great, there is a spot where basically five guys are standing around like zombies, just kind of bobbling there, until finally somebody makes this grandiose dive to the outside. And no, I don't remember who it was. I have was always like, and will always complain about that spot because it looks stupid. Was it like your dog spot? Uh, maybe like that, but not like the liver spot. Hmm. Okay. Definitely well, not like the sun like, spot. Yeah, once it gets more like the liver spot, you're in business. It just seems like, you know, if you're going to stand there for 60 seconds, 90 seconds, maybe maybe you don't want to do that spot. 
So let me ask you something. Ask me. Let me ask you something. Go for it. Did you have this opinion when a guy like Shawn Michaels did it? Actually, yeah. I've always hated that spot. When people stand around and just bobble around for a minute, and then finally somebody makes the dive. Yeah, yeah, I did. Always. Always. In one exception. Except when The Undertaker Undertaker did the suicide dive, because it always looked awesome. Hmm. See? You can't have it both ways. Damn flippy guys. You either hate the spot or you like the spot. No well, I mean, I like I like the dog spot. Well, you're not getting no spot right now. Well, damn. That's just not fair. Well, so you have made it known that you hate the spot, so you don't get to say, well, I like the one the Undertaker does. All right, well, I guess I'll have to tell him from now on. I'm sorry, Mr. Undertaker. I don't like that spot. There you go. And I hope you listen. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure he's spending a lot of time listening to Corner to Corner. Do you know? Do you know he's not? I'm sure. Do you know he's not? Absolutely not. See? If you're not 100% positive, bro, could be listening. Could be. He could be. You're just such a negative Nancy. You and your damn spots. Well, you're just a sensitive Sally. How about that? That's not even a thing. It is a thing. It's not a thing. It's a thing. Not a thing. All right, so where were we? (laughs) So, Death Triangle picks up the victory here. After Phoenix finally, finally embraces the hammer and drops the hammer on Omega's head. Now, I will have to say that that was, without a doubt, the biggest surprise ending I've seen in a long, long time. Yeah, I was honestly not expecting them to finally embrace it. I was really expecting Death Triangle to break up. Yes. I was, too. And... I was not expecting the elite to come back, you know, because one year in Chicago. And so I was like, oh, they can't lose in Chicago, you know, especially if they're out there chanting stuff at them. You just simply have to let them win so you can piss Chicago off. Right. Well, little did I know, Tony Khan has a mind for booking and says, hey, screw you, buddy. I can book better than you. So... That was that was an interesting move. So we go into Dynamite this past week. They're in Chicago. It's the Elite against Death Triangle. Now we're doing a best of seven series. And that was announced almost right after the match at Full Gear, that they would do a best of seven series. So the crowd, you know, in, in Newark, New Jersey, was chanting, fuck CM Punk. Well, in Chicago, they're chanting, fuck the Elite. So the Elite reaches into their bag of tricks and <coughs> does a GTS and bites somebody. Kenny bit a guy. Yep, see, Ace bit a guy, and now Kenny bit a guy. It, it's, well, there's there's a lot of questions coming out of this. One, the fans are clearly directing this narrative 
the elite are embracing it. I completely disagree with the fan response that this is a lowbrow move by the quote-unquote EVPs. I think this is smart. If you're going to continue to have them tiptoe on the line between heel and face, this is exactly what they would do. Make fun of the situation. Make a joke out of it. And let's not forget that they're also friends with Kenta, the guy who originated the move called Go to Sleep. So, I mean, honestly, though, the whole, I guess looking back on the whole best of seven was going to happen anyway, <clears throat> which then explains why they lost. Mm-hmm. But being in Chicago, I would have had the elite win. Especially if, if, like, whoever went over the match with them, mm-hmm. and when they got to those spots, and uh, they were like, "Nah, okay, that sounds good. Let's let's do this. You know, let's make it look like you're Kenny's biting somebody, and everybody will get the reference. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't know. Somebody, somebody might have should have been like, uh. Wait, we're in Chicago. Let's really ham it up, especially if CM Punk's not coming back. <clears throat> Let's just be, you know, teetotal asses about it. But now, in that situation, do you think CM Punk is going to come back from this? Uh, honestly, uh, I don't. I, I mean, I don't see why he wouldn't. It's not like both. You know what I'm saying? So this isn't like uh, some of the ones in the past where CM Punk is goes and does a different TV show, mm-hmm. right? Which he did, what, UFC or whatever? Uh, Bellator, whatever he did the commentary on. Right. <clears throat> and they all made fun of it. They made fun of everything. Oh yeah, they they talked about he he jokes about how he's, you know, bad for any locker room and they don't want him and he's all hurt and it was yeah. funny. I give him that. <clears throat> so it, <clears throat> to me, I'm not really sold on CM Punk's not coming back. Mm-hmm. Um. I did read an interesting theory about, and again, this is all mere theory and speculation, <coughs> that CM Punk did have an injury and that Kenny still wasn't ready to come back full time. So they concocted a clever little ruse that. Uh, where all parties involved, so to speak, could get time off, mm-hmm. right? And um, hold on just a second. And you know, again, so what do you do? You give Kenny more time off without, you know, having them to wrestle. And then you give CM Punk time off to do his thing. And <clears throat> at the end of the day, you know it's only going to give you more money on the backside of it if you if the story is so believable that everybody buys into it. 
At this point, everybody's bought into it. But realistically, how hard is it to buy on a contract if that's what you're going to do? Mm-hmm. Right? You think that already been done? Yeah. Well, you, you definitely think it would have already been done if, after all the talk that's been going on. Yeah. And, and there's no, like, you, you, you're not preventing either side from taking shots at the other one. I mean, I would think that would be part of when HR got involved. Right. You know, somebody would have been smart enough to tell the elite, oh, so you, you can't take any shots at CM Punk during the match. Can't use his moves. Can't do none of it. Can't make fun of him during BTE. Right. Punk is still under contract. Right. Allowed to make to do this announcing gig. Oh, you're not allowed to talk about this. Right? That's normally how those things happen. Especially in a company. They're gonna tell you shut your mouth, you're not allowed to talk about it. Well that and that really surprised me. Like if you don't have and this would clearly be one of the best worked plans if it turns out to be a work. But if you don't have a gag order on all of this, don't joke about it. Don't do his moves. Don't bite anybody like that. Steer clear away for at least six months. Then it's just irresponsible. But if it turns out to be a work, it's I mean, that's genius level thinking right there. Yeah, but, but again, though, so you have to remember, right, that I bet you if you go look, there are probably similar storylines, right, somewhere along the way, mm-hmm. right, where, oh, there's been an altercation in the back and, you know, it's under investigation or one party's been suspended and the other one's out on injury. It's just a twist on something simple like that. While it's genius to the level it was pulled off, Mm -hmm. I'm sure you can find something similar. Especially through, you know, if you you look at all the storylines and things that have ever been told, I don't think it would be hard to find something similar. And it's not like you're talking about people that don't know wrestling and don't know how to tell stories. And plus, you just can't really put anything past on right now. <laughs> I mean, it's it's uh, it's it's one of those things where I don't understand if that's what you're doing, if that's your goal, your focus is to bring Punk back and do, uh, what do they call it, CMFTR, Punk and FTR against the Elite, which, hey, I'm all in for that. That will be a great series if they do it. Um, I, I don't know. I just, I, I, I talked about it with Sonny in the group chat, and basically it was, it's a huge money-making opportunity if you do it, if you get this plan done. If you bring him back, and I mean, come on, Punk and Omega, 
Now, granted, let's say this the right way. A healthy CM Punk and Omega. We don't know how healthy Punk actually was. I mean, he broke his foot. We know that. And we know he had surgery and, and had to recover from that. But after his match with, uh, with Darby, mm-hmm. he has a string of matches against like uh, uh, Bobby Fish and a few other people where they were pretty quick. You didn't really get a full representation of what condition he was in. His major challenge comes against Adam Page, and he beats Page, but in the process looks like he's hurt again. Breaks his foot, comes back, does the whole thing with Mox, tears the triceps. So we don't even know if Punk is really really healthy enough to sustain anything long term. Which is actually kind of sad. Well, I mean, he could have just had a bad run of injury. Yeah. But again, that's that's a valid point. They were both, you know, during this fight that they, you know, supposedly he was injured. Yeah. You know. But, oh, well, God, we just crowned him champ. What do we do? Oh, I got it. Right. You know what I'm saying? And it, it's not like this couldn't have been concocted this cat uh, it's not like this storyline couldn't have been concocted before because maybe punk knew he was hurt going into the match we I mean we there have been plenty of times a wrestler has wrestled in a match when they've been hurt yeah you know what I'm saying and maybe they were just like well let's Let's get Punk the title, and we don't understand he's hurt, but now we're going to put in plan B. And this way, Moxley doesn't really lose face, and he can win it a third time. You know what I'm saying? I mean, who knows what they were thinking, but I'm honestly beginning to think there's... It's a work. Yeah. It's well played out, disguised work well and that's that's the the big deal for me i'm uh, looking at looking at what they're doing right now and 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 really a good indication of what may explain why it's a work is not just cm punk's injury but also look at the condition that kenny omega is in now yes he looks like he's in better shape than he's ever been yeah i mean the time off definitely did a yeah. And his his in-ring work has been you wouldn't know he was hurt. Right. I I was thoroughly impressed by his by his performance both during the pay-per-view and in the uh, in the match in Chicago. Yeah, just I don't know, man, it's something tells me there's something up and we're just not privy to it yet. I hope so. I really do, because I would hate to have this be the way. I mean, of course, I'm a CM Punk fan, but I would hate to see that be the way his career ends, like truly ends. Everybody deserves at least one opportunity, maybe two, to end down their own terms. Mm-hmm. I mean, his WWE run didn't end the way I'm sure he wanted it to end. And I'm sure when he got involved with uh, AEW, this wasn't his intention either. 
Mm-hmm. Either way, Sorry. I mean, if it's work, again, grandiose. Well done. Job well done if it is is a work. Oh, yeah. I mean, <clears throat> I can't dig it. I mean, it's just weird. It's odd. Yeah. I mean, you know. Oh, wait. No, he's a. Uh... They're they're gonna be suspended or they're gonna be fired and then nothing's happening. Mm-hmm. You know, the elite come back and they're in a best of seven match. You know, for the titles and Punk is doing his thing on a on a commentary and they're all just making fun of the whole dang all thing. Yeah. So, weird. Weird, weird, weird. So back to full gear, just kind of running through the card here. Jade Cargill finally gets the victory over Nyla Rose, retaining the uh, TBS championship. Uh, Jade coming out in her Thundercats gear. I approve this message. I'm just going to point that out. Um. You know, not not really a fancy match. Nothing really too too good or bad about it. Just it got the job done and it told a it told a fair story. I mean, we've had entertaining information from Nyla Rose. You know, as far as her taking the belt from Jade and running around with it and celebrating that, and Jade finally gets the uh, gets the victory. I don't know if there's really anything else that uh, we could highlight out of this. So we'll just keep it moving. Jericho against Danielson, Claudio Castagnoli, and Sammy Guevara. Fatal four-way for the Ring of Honor World <coughs> Championship. Uh, good match. Actually, really, really good match. Probably the best Fatal four-way we've seen in a while. Um, Jericho gets the victory, which, eh. By the way, the Flying Judas effect is just a flying back elbow. But I guess because Jericho does it, it's devastating. Wasn't that all the Judas effect is? A back elbow? Yeah, I mean, literally, it's just a back elbow. Just done in a in a devastating fashion. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> um, we've talked about it ad nauseum. I think we all agree that Jericho ultimately is going to keep this title either until Final Battle or until Ring of Honor has a TV deal. Yes. Huh. And he's here. I hear him. I hear the jostling of the microphone. That must mean that Rob What up, homie? What's up, man? How y'all? Alright. Sorry, I'm late to the show. That's alright. Literally late to the show. Just running through a, a quick uh, once-over of full gear, and then we got got some other things to rock and roll with here. Um, Soraya and Britt Baker in their return match. Um, welcome back, Soraya. This match was not – certainly didn't light the world on fire, but it was a, a good indication of, of the cooperation between Britt Baker and Soraya as far as working together, getting a good story told – and having it delivered. It, it seems like Soraya has maybe a little bit of ring rust, but uh, we also can sh- see that Britt is, is a leader, not just backstage, but also in the ring. 
I mean, I liked it. I thought for what it was, it was a decent match. Mm-hmm. I mean, going in knowing it's like you got that. I hate bringing up the name, but like when CM Punk made his first match, you know, you're like, oh, what kind of match is this going to be with, you know, she hasn't wrestled in. God, what, five years almost? Uh, I believe they've said seven. Yeah, so I mean, you know, like, is it going to be a match? Like, is it going to be one of these things that Britt's going to have to lower her standard, lower what she was doing to kind of make it look good or whatever? But I was pleasantly surprised. Like, was it a Soraya match from her, you know, before she got hurt? But it, there's a lot to build on, but it wasn't a bad match. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, I, I think it does. I mean, it, it's one of those times where you've got – you can see the potential. And, and obviously, Soraya being who she is, you already know the potential for what it could be. But you can see that it's still there in coming into AEW. Um, and I like the fact that that Britt is acknowledged in the, in the media scrum by Soraya that – Hey, if it wasn't for her carrying me through, I don't know how I would have done. Because there's something that needs to be said for the improvement of Britt Baker. Um, you know, in, in 2018, when we saw All In, and the fatal four-way between Britt Baker, Tessa Blanchard, Chelsea Green, and... Damn it, I always, always forget who else the other person was. Brian, do you remember? I don't either. But anyway, in that fatal four-way, I can remember us all talking about it after it was done, that Britt definitely had potential but had room for improvement, a lot of room for improvement. And then over the course of four years, she's now leading the women's locker room. I mean, that is a huge, huge statement for her. And it's cool to see her getting that – to see and hear her getting that respect from Soraya after, after the event was done. Well, and I think it's good for Soraya to admit, you know, like she came out and said, you know what, I want to give props to her because of the fact that, you know what, she she helped me through this thing, you know. Yeah. She could have very well come out and go, you know what, I'm the greatest thing that ever stepped in a squared circle, and I showed it tonight. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, very she easily she could have. You know, she could have easily done the whole, you know what, you all missed me, and now you're blessed to see me. Mm-hmm. But she's like, hey, you know, we have our differences and we're in the ring together. But you know what? She she helped me. Brian, any words of wisdom regarding uh, Saray and Britt Baker? No. Nope. All right. We'll keep it moving then. Ring of Honor TV, TV champion Samoa Joe, powerhouse Hobbs and TNT champion Wardlow in a triple threat match for the TNT title. Uh, surprise, surprise, Wardlow and Powerhouse Hobbs lose this one. It's Samoa Joe coming away with the victory after Joe makes Hobbs pass out in the Coquina Clutch. I was uh, surprised as hell to see Samoa Joe coming with the title. It just didn't seem like they were going to have the Wardlow train get pulled over anytime soon. And actually, seems to be a little bit of, uh, maybe a little bit of hint that Hobbs could be turning face again. 
I don't know why you think he'd have the first base just because he lost. A knot of respect between him and Wardlow, both uh, at the pay-per-view and this past week in Chicago. Yeah, but I mean, you just turned him bad. Why would he? Why would you flip him back? Well, somebody's got to be the big show for their company. Do I? I said somebody's got to play the role of the big show in the <clears> company. Why does there have to be a big show in aid when we have a big show? We have a Captain Insano now. Yeah, I don't think we need a big show. <laughs> uh, I was definitely surprised to, to see Samoa Joe get the victory here. I, I, I'm sure it caught you off guard. <clears throat> um, not really. I mean, I could have gone, gone with Samoa Joe. I would have liked Hobbs myself, mm-hmm. but him being one of my faves right now, but I can live with Joe. I think, you know, they had big plans for Joe and Joe got hurt and then it's just kind of pushed things back and now they're going to, you know, do something with him. Rob, any thoughts on Joe winning the uh, TNT title? (laughs) I mean, I, I will always be a fan of Joe. Samoa Joe, you know, I love the whole phrase that Joe's going to kill you. Um, but um, I I liked it. I'm not a big fan of Powerhouse Hobbs. I'm not a big fan of Wardlow. I don't, I, I don't see long-term on them guys. I think Joe's problem is Joe can't stay healthy. You know, Joe, Joe gets in, he comes in, he gets hurt, comes back, you know, but I like it. Do I like when they put multiple belts on people? No, but maybe he now equivalently holds the TV title in both places. <laughs> so he's guaranteed to be on TV. Yeah, you can't you can't not have Samoa Joe on TV if you have an opportunity. In my opinion, that just is, that's a no brainer. Um, I was just surprised that that Wardlow they had the title taken off him so quickly in his reign, but. And they took it off quicker on Scorpio Sky, so I guess that's not really a, a new thing. Well, I mean, plus you got to remember, too, look who's got the world title. Mm-hmm. And that's clearly not a, a feud that's going to be necessarily finished. So, yeah, it makes perfect sense. So I asked at the beginning of the show when we were talking about it, hey, was there a match that maybe could have been left off of this pay-per-view, maybe put on a different event? And I think maybe we stumbled upon it with this next one. Tag team match, no DQ, Sting and Darby against Jarrett and Jay Lethal. Um, The fact that I had to look at the recap of this match as far as what kind of spots took place tells the story. Nothing out of the ordinary, nothing that really... Pops off except for the the finish, which was the Scorpio death drop and the coffin drop combination that ends up causing the match to end. Um, I, we could have seen this on a dynamite or a rampage; that'd have been just fine. All right, then. I mean, I just don't think. I felt like the build wasn't there to have this match at this point. I mean, yeah, he jumped 
what's his name and but that's just if I, I agree it felt out of place and it's definitely on my list of matches that didn't have to happen <clears throat> well plus you just you just had Jarrett like like you just said he laid out Darby with the guitar and then you you immediately have him on pay-per-view and have him lose all right, so his whole thing of body bags <laughs> was for him. <laughs> uh, AEW Women's Championship, we would come to find out this past week in Chicago that this title match ended up being for not the interim title, but the actual AEW Women's title. As Thunder Rosa and AEW came to the agreement that she would surrender the championship. Jamie Hayter comes away with the victory against Tony Storm. I thought this match was really good. I enjoyed this one. Um, it was nice to see Jamie Hayter get the victory, although the ending was just, I, I don't know. I hate overbooked finishes. It got one run in. Now they distract the referee. Here's another run in. Ah, damn, just just do the finish. Just, just Damn it, just get to the end the right way. Why do we have to keep going back and forth with different run-ins and all this garbage? Uh, because she's in a group with two other women, and you can't have them both come down at the same time. How about not having them come back, come out at all? Uh, because she's a bad guy. <laughs> I love the fact that she get the one team running down with her crutch. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like I'm, she I'm, did. I'm sneaking, and, and and then she gets when she gets ejected. I got to give her credit that that cell of being ejected from ringside was hilarious. You'd have thought somebody had killed her dog. <laughs> it was just like, okay. <laughs> She's like, I'm getting my five minutes. <laughs> oh, and she did because that the way she was screaming was funny. But you're like, damn, this is this is taking a minute. <laughs> it reminds me of like you know when the person comes out for the rumble and you know they're getting eliminated, but they're gonna make the best of the time they're there. Right, right. You're, you're going to remember me. Because <laughs> I'm going to be spastic all over the map. Uh, Britt Baker gets in there, hits a hits the stomp on uh, on Brit, on uh, Tony Storm, takes the takes the turnbuckle pad off. Hater gets whipped in, reverses it, throws Storm in face first into the exposed steel, and then hits the ripcord lariat. The cool thing about this was it wasn't immediately the stomp that caused the finish. It was Hater having to actually push it further with offense and get the win. So I can say that as a positive part to the finish. So we find out on on uh, Dynamite this past week, again, Thunder Rosa surrendered. Her, her championship. So now Jamie Hayter is the undisputed AEW women's champion and retroactively, retroactively Tony storm was an undisputed AEW women's champion. Um, seems like a little bit of fan service by Tony Khan to say retroactively, because honestly he didn't have to do that. He could have just left it alone and let Jamie be undisputed and not have it be a thing. But a kind of a well, nice thing for Tony Khan to do. I also don't think anybody cares. Like, I'm not sitting there going, oh, well, <coughs> Storm's not a legit champ because she's the interim champ. Right, right, exactly. I mean, that, that's my whole thing with the interim <coughs> championship. Like, you know, when they do, you know, 
20 years from now, when they do a book on the lineage of the AEW championships, <coughs> it's going to look like spider webs. Well, and I'm okay with the interim <laughs> titles in AEW because of the fact that they actually do unify the titles. There's a plan. Like, you know that they're actually going to keep their word if they can. We yeah. had Punk and uh, Mox face off for the title. We had Cody and Sammy Guevara because Cody had gotten uh, gotten COVID. You know, so we, we've seen it actually play out. At least we know that they'll keep their word. You all right, Brian? Yeah. But, I mean, I just – I like the fact that they don't just leave the title on somebody and be like, oh, you know. Yeah. You know, like we've seen in the past, oh, well, this person's out for six months and the title just disappears. I like the fact that you see almost every title every week. Now, is it defended every week? No. But you see every title. You know what I mean? Like – Lord knows they have enough of them. Well, I don't think they have. I think they have just. A, they. I think they're fine. You know, I'm not. A, they could have even more. For all I care. No, um, please no. No more. They don't need any more belts. <laughs> um, but what I'm saying is, you know, like you see the world title every week. Yeah. You know, you see, <clears throat> you know, the Mid Atlantic, you know, welterweight title, whatever it's called. <laughs> um, like you see them all. So, uh, that's what I'm talking about. You, you know, it's like when they used to brag that Mox was the longest reigning U S champ, mm-hmm. but then we all know that he never defended the damn thing. Like he's the longest defending cause he just sits there with the shield hiding in the rafters. <laughs> but yeah. So Tag Team Championship was up next. The Acclaim defending against Swerve in our glory. Um, I think out of all... How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 
all of the matches these guys have had against one another, I preferred uh, the first and second one over this one. Um, but wasn't exactly a bad match or anything. Just those two, I think, were better. This one ends up with uh, Swerve finally finally uh, going one step too far, smacking Keith Lee in the face. Keith Lee walks out, and that causes the acclaim to put Swerve down and get the victory. We're going to have now a feud with Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland. I think I'm looking forward to that. I'm okay with Swerve and our glory being done. I don't think I'd ever want to. I mean, you're tempting fate if you go and smack Keith Lee in the face. He's like, a patient dude. Not, I wonder what happens when he gets really dude. mad. Yeah, exactly. You know, he is, he is, is a, a real big son bitch. You're going like smack him. In, I know it was a story. We knew it was coming. Right. It was the most. It was probably one of the most telegraphed. Um. Telegraphed, you know swerves shall we say <laughs> I um, see what you did there I get jokes <laughs> you know probably the most telegraphed swerve AEW's had in a long time but they still did it well I thought mm-hmm. I like the fact that you know when he smacked him he's like oh nah bitch I'm done he didn't sit there <laughs> yeah. and go ooh whoa whoa he didn't you know they didn't have a wrestling match or whatever he just like bye you know, like, peace. And so, I like that part. And their series is going to be decent. We get to the main event. It's AEW World Championship on the line. Mox against MJF. And we finally, finally, finally get the story playing out as to how MJF is going to become champion. And pretty much the way we all expected. MJF has his opportunity to use the dynamite diamond ring. William Regal comes down to the ring telling him not to do it. He throws the ring at Regal, gives him the finger, and (coughs) wait a minute, the ref is down. So Regal tells Mox, after Mox chokes out MJF with the uh, bulldog choke, get the ref, get the ref. Mox turns away to go get the ref back up. Regal slides the knucks over to MJF. MJF gets the knockout and the world championship. Everybody goes nuts for this finish. Um, This was the ending of a very, very long night of uh, wrestling. And and again, it's tough to decide outside of the Sting and Darby tag match what match you would have removed from this pay-per-view to maybe make it a little shorter, but... Finally, we get a new world champion, and I say finally because it seems like it's been on Mox forever. Not necessarily a bad thing, but it's good to see MJF at the top. And we had to wait. We didn't get to see him this past Wednesday. We got to watch Mox tell Regal to walk away and never come back. MJF scheduled to be on Dynamite this week to explain or celebrate his world championship victory. Celebrate, celebrate. <laughs> That's the music. Oh, um. Yeah, Either, I mean, oh, go I ahead, Rob. Liked, again, this will go in the top whatever of Telegraph. You knew what was going to happen. Sure, yeah. Like, you knew that MJF, as soon as he won, was going to flip the script. Mm-hmm. 
you know, like, he's like, I ain't gonna, no, no, no. We knew it. But when it happened, now, granted, the way William Regal throwing the, uh, the Nucks in, that was something I didn't expect. Because I'm like, why would they? And I didn't watch Rampage or Dynamite to see why. What was the story of why he did it? You know. Um, so it's just like, what the hell, man? What took place on Dynamite after the fact with Regal? Basically, Regal starts saying he doesn't have to explain himself to to the fans but he had sent an email to MJF and he said the contents of that email MJF would describe and and discuss with the fans this week on Dynamite so it's basically used to kind of stretch it out <clears throat> so now here's the interesting thing about this mm-hmm. right uh, you know of course on uh, Wednesday you know, when he was told to leave, everybody in their right, or everybody in the Twitterverse seemed to think that William Regal's contract is up, probably on the way back to the East. Yep, a lot of people are talking about that. But, my man Melcher helped me out with this one earlier. Oh, damn. When. Can you believe that? He, he said, just said that and gave him props. He said originally Regal said his contract was three years. Ah. Which year of Regal's contract are we in currently? This would be the end of year one. We're coming <gasps> up here so, he's, to year. so he's not going back to WWE? No, I think... Damn it! <laughs> I think that what... MJF has been telling us all along about the greatest trick that the devil ever played was making him believe there was no devil. It's not about MJF. It's about Regal. I happen to agree with you there. I am so glad that you said that. Absolutely. Because Regal has been convincing the whole world that he is this fun-loving guy and all of that this entire time with the Blackpool Combat Club, with the way he jokes with Excalibur, the way he is motivating the Combat Club. But the reality was he was just waiting for his right time to strike. It would be awesome to see that that's his master plan rather than MJF's. <coughs> yes, and then, then MJF is going to be the guy that just was able to pull it off. Right, right. So I think, you, what, you're, I think what you'll see is... The story that will develop will be that while MJF was a little bit in WWE, Regal saw such potential in him, knew he had to have him. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And then <clears throat> that's why he had no problem leaving the WWE and going to AEW because the future of the business was MJF and he knew it. Mm-hmm. And he did everything in his power to make sure MJF got to where he needed to be. But I, I honestly think it's not the MJF is not the devil. Because again, it's foolish for the devil to be like, no, here I am. Right. 
I think, again, the, the greatest trick is going to be it'll be William Regal. Right. I think it's an awesome idea the way y'all said it because, you know, it's like the fact that we all are going to hate. Everybody's going to have their attention on MJF, and then that's when Regal sits back going, nope, this is my plan. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't MJF. It was me who tricked you all, and this is why, that kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Because, because, again, we all knew MJF was going to – he's going to do whatever it took to win. Right. So, if, again, if he's the devil, we know this going in. That's, to me, that doesn't really play out that great. But when the true devil shows up, says, I fooled you all, now go get your victory – you know, because you can, I mean, you can do all types of things out of it. William mm-hmm. or MJF sold his soul to William Regal to be to learn certain things. You know, to get certain spots. Um, I think Daniel Bryan will turn soon, also, and you'll start to form a better faction for MJF. Hmm. I was expecting him to. I, I expected Brian to turn last Wednesday. Yeah, that was kind of weird. Danielson comes down to the ring while uh, Regal is is getting ready to be. Well, we could only assume assaulted by Mox. Um, but Danielson r- runs to the ring, gets on his hands and knees, like basically begging Mox, "Don't hurt him. I need him." Almost like uh, straight out of. Uh, Revenge of the Sith. <laughs> That's what it reminded me of. Um, where where Anakin is uh, telling him not to kill the Emperor. It's what it, what it feels like is that, yeah, maybe we could be seeing a new, a new faction, which I'd be fine with. Um, I wonder who else would go. Well, I mean, you could... You could... With MJF, the right guy being the world champ, you know, that mouthpiece, mm-hmm. charismatic, young, handsome, you know, has, has everything it takes to click all the boxes right. for all the all the demographics, and again, has the ability just to piss people off, right? So again, so there's your, there's your front guy, there's your leader, right? So again, so what do you need next? You need a guy that can help, um, that's crafty enough to be able to help the main guy keep the title. And oh, at the same time, have a title of his own if you want. Mm-hmm. Right? You see where this is kind of going? Yeah. And then the only last thing you need is a good tag team. You don't need to go past four. You know somebody in the back that owns the rights to the name. And, oh, you got a manager that can talk and pull the ropes and fight and everything else that you need, and it's perfect. It is absolutely perfect for a next-generation-style horseman. You don't need to get five or six people in there. You just need the four, and Mm -hmm. Regal being the fifth, and you can run all over AEW, run all over ROH, and you can start making some major money because you did it correctly, 
you're going to start drawing business. Well, and that could also work out well because you could spread it out. So you don't always have one show dominated by, by the faction. You could almost have it too dominated. You know what I mean? Like you could have it where, and we'll just, we'll just hypothesize and say Brock Anderson and Pillman Jr. For example, there's no guarantee it'd be them. But if, as an example, you put them in tag teams over on ring of honor and then have MJF and maybe Danielson on dynamite and then switch them around as needed. It actually makes a good, good amount of sense, especially since the two brands are owned by Khan. But so what you have to, what you have to remember is the horsemen ride together. Right. Okay. So you're not going to split two on one show and two on the other or whatever. Right. Right. They're always going to be together. So you, while Brock and Pillman would be okay, right. You're going to have to have them go on a very serious win streak to make them believable. Mm-hmm. However, there is another tag team out there that you could very easily pull this off with, and it would make a whole whole lot more sense. FTR, and that would be FTR. Hmm. Well, it feels like their heel turns coming. Like they had no choice but to embrace the fans for this time, because I mean, frankly, the fans kind of forced them into the face role anyway. But uh, but again though that's the that's that was the thing about the horsemen they were so damn good mm-hmm. bad guys everybody loved it right so right yeah they're in the perfect little spot mm-hmm. um uh, but again it, it's and it's not out the re- I mean you might be able to pull it off with Brock and Pillman <clears throat> but I just think that if you're going to do it. You need, just like the original was built, you need powerhouses, you need your champions, you need your biggest names involved, and you need the, the one that's going to make the most money. Well, because they've put, they made them into basically like, hey, you're jobbers, but you're on the main roster. Yeah. I mean, they've they had their little thing, and then... You know, girlfriend got spit in the eye, and then they were done. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's one of the things that that I notice about about Pillman Jr. is he does he does have a following. It's not just a where did this guy come from. I mean, he has obviously he's got the obvious legacy. But what I'm saying is he's got a following. He has the fans behind him. Brock Anderson, on the other hand, is still kind of a diamond in the rough. Got a lot of work to do. I'm not saying he's bad, but we haven't seen enough of him to really shine and to really see anybody behind him. As a matter of fact, when he's been on television at most points, the crowd's pretty well quiet. You know, if Arn's with him, they kind of react, but that's kind of it. And that's not a, an in, indictment of his work. It's just an indication that he's still very, very new. So FTR might make better sense in the short term, but much like the horsemen of the past, you could very easily start it with one and move into another. Yeah, and, and again, though, this is no slight to what you said about Brock and them. The horsemen would have never taken off if you had thrown in two up-and-comers. Right. You know, you needed that, you needed that 
tag team that could just do what needed to be done. Mm-hmm. You that couldn't were, put the Rock and Roll Express in there and had the same effect. Yeah, it, it wouldn't have the same. Yeah, it definitely wouldn't have the same effect. Or let's uh, say you put the Fantastics in there. <laughs> oh God, so the fabulous fantastic. ones. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, you basically need four roughnecks who are just going to go out there and demolish everybody. And top tier names. Yeah, and Brock is not quite at that point, right? To me, where I, I mean, if you're if you're going to use him as the new horseman with Pillman, that's one thing. Mm-hmm. And but they stay that tag team, and then maybe five years down the line, we can move into an actual horseman with them. Right, they're still right. young. Right. right, and that's and that's really the benefit of that because of their youth. You have the time. Yeah, and, and again, that that would be something that. If you put FTR in it and FTR decided somewhere down the line when the contracts are up, oh, we want to go a separate way. Okay, cool. Well, here's Brock and Pillman. You know what I'm saying? You see what I'm yeah. saying? Mm-hmm. So, and I, I mean, I just think you really want to kick something off into the stratosphere is you, do you find the best? Or collective you have, you pay on whatever it's going to take for the lo- you know for the the, the rights to use, mm-hmm. and you you just strap the rocket on MJF. Said, look, you're now the Ric Flair of this generation. This is on you, bud. Have at it, right? And we're going to surround you with top tier talent, unlike in you know some of the other times, you know. You know, we're not, it's not going to be half your faction is top tier and the other half are new. No, no, the whole faction is like top of the line, champion, mm-hmm. best of the best. And I just have them do what the NWO did and the, you know, the horsemen did. And you just have them run roughshod over everybody. Would you keep Daniel Bryan in it? Oh, yeah, Daniel Bryan would definitely be in it. Oh, yeah, because yeah, Daniel you Bryan... You do MJF, is, Daniel Bryan, and FTR. Yeah, and, and, and again, Daniel Bryan is, uh, again, the guy that you want to hold that middle belt so nobody gets close to your world title. You know, Daniel Bryan is the is the technical guy that can out-wrestle everybody else on the card. FTR, just your bruisers, your straight pound-for-pound pound bruisers. You know, the first thing you do is you go find Jungle Boy. And you rake his face across the concrete. <laughs> Lawn dart. <laughs> yeah, I mean, jeez, flip, guys. <laughs> I mean, that's, but that's what you do. That's what they did, mm-hmm. right? It, it, you know, it was no, it was no mistake when they jumped Dusty Rhodes. Because I Dusty would say they had to beat. One of the ways to pay it homage would be beat down Sting. Oh, yeah, eventually you get this thing. But, I mean, like, right off the rip, you find your biggest baby face or your biggest up-and-coming baby face or, you know, the one that's going to get you the most attention, and that's probably Jungle Boy because all the women love him, and you turn his face into mush. And you put him on the shelf, and then, you you know, you go find the next one. You know, and then you, then you do the interview in the back or something, and somebody walks by, and you're like, whoa, whoa, bro, you don't interrupt us. You don't come nowhere near us. And then you just have them start wrecking people, interfering in matches and 
you know, the whole nine yards. Have them go within the by the next pay per view. They they've beaten the acclaim for the title. Mm-hmm. By the next pay per view, you know, Samoa Joe has been run into the ground by Daniel Bryan, or Bryan, yeah, Daniel, whatever, Bryan Daniel, <laughs> DBBD, whatever. I wasn't <laughs> gonna correct you. I think everybody knows y'all meant. Yeah, but you know what I'm saying. Freeze boot. You literally get the titles on them, and you lock them down for months. And then eventually somebody's going to sneak in and get the win or whatever. I mean, you could literally recreate that period of time with no problem if you had the right four. I think there's a – go ahead. uh, You don't have to do it word for word. You don't have to do it, you know, like match for match and, you know, jump for jump or whatever, but – I mean, it's not hard. It would not be hard. And the more you did it, the more business you're going to generate because it's it's that's what's going to happen. That's how it happens. There's a lot to be gained out of having a solid faction, a solid top-level faction. I mean, say what you want, and I wasn't a big fan, but say what you want about, you know, uh, the inner circle. But that helped gain interest towards who was going to be the guy to topple Jericho. That was the story. So when Mox came in and had to battle his way through the entire inner circle, that mattered. And the horsemen were so good that you were able to change (coughs) around your show depending on who was really going to be the highlight, whether it was Arn, whether it was Tully, whether it was Barry or even Flair. It didn't matter. So you had so many different interchangeable parts. And I I think AEW's roster is more than more than deep enough for them to have that and to continue to make it interchangeable. And then you finally have that one guy, whether it's jungle boy or whomever it might be to finally run the, run the gauntlet, so to speak, you know, you have that built in. And plus the future right now for MJF is, is ridiculously bright. He's, he can literally do anything he wants. He has already accomplished the popularity level of a guy like a guy like Flair. I'm not saying he's Flair's level, so don't don't get me wrong. He's not there yet, but think about it. MJF has literally given everybody the finger and, and done everything short of taking a dump right in the middle of the ring, and the fans have cheered every little thing he's done. Well, I mean, look what he did at that press conference. Yeah. Media- oh my gosh. Yes. F you, F you, F you, F you, F you. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Fuck you. Bye. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And, and, and who does he rip off? He rips off Cornette. Of yeah. Yeah. I mean, that would be another one. If you could get, if you could get Cornette to come in for six months, let's say Regal does leave. Mm-hmm. I'm going to Cornette. I'm like, look, I, what's it going to cost? Yep. What what would it cost for you to help make this guy bigger than life? And what would it hurt as far as Jim Cornette giving Tony Khan help on, hey, what if we tweaked this story and did this? What if we tweaked this match and did this? It's not going to hurt anything. I think he'd only add to the product. But do oh, you think he'd come with his open dishate for Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks? I think... I think in the right environment, and I think Cornette is this kind of guy. He's smart enough to where 
he would go to Kenny Omega and let them milk the hell out of that on live TV because it would make money. And Cornette cares more about making money than anything else. I mean, he's, he's said it many times. Yeah, but I, I think he cares more about the business than the money. Because sure. Because if you did the business correct, you make the money. Right, right. You know? And there again, the Bucks and Kenny Omega would only serve to learn from a guy like Cornette. Yeah, I mean, and I mean, God, think about it. You know, if you pull it off a year from now, it's the Elite versus the Horsemen. Yep. Or whatever, whatever name you wanted to give them. Mm-hmm. You know. And. So there you- and God, I mean, talk about business. Jesus Christ. So, and there you have it. I mean, I, I think that for all the crap we give to Jim Cornette, and God knows we do, it, it, but he's the one that's <laughs> outspoken, and he's the one that comes out there and, and talks about the flippy moves and all that. But the reality of the situation is we'll never discount his ability and his absolute right to have the opinion that he has because God knows he's earned it. So yeah. knowing his legacy and knowing what he's done in this industry, of course he would add to a product. Yeah, and and, and make sure they, they they understand too. Just because we disagree, that doesn't mean we don't value and respect and love that man. Absolutely, absolutely. One of my best memories from that whole uh, wrestling convention we went to was meeting Jim Cornette. Yeah. I mean, that was awesome just because of the fact that here's this <coughs> legitimate legend spending time talking to us and, and talking about wrestling, just talking to us. He didn't ask us to spend a single damn dollar. He gave us an autograph. Like, yeah, he took he took a picture with us. Like, remember, we first walked in. It was like he was the first one we saw. And I was like, oh, oh that's Jim Cornette. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, can I get a picture with you? And he's like, yeah. Awesome. I'm like, holy shit. We saw him because we had seen him before, remember? Mm-hmm. When we were going down this, when we got there, when we were going down the escalator, he had just bought something from some other table. Oh, yeah, that's right. And he's like, well, I'll be right back. I got to go put this in the room or something. Mm-hmm. So he is a fan of the game. And I think he would do what he could for the business yeah i absolutely feel like if there's a guy and the ftr said it during the media scrum <coughs> we're saying it here if there's a guy that's earned his right to say what he wants to say it's him and you know brian said it we may not always agree with what the guy is saying but you know no one will ever dispute his contributions and the status i mean you just you can't you can't um so moving moving forward here, Survivor Series came and went. War Games happened. Uh, the women's War Games match was excellent, excellent. I don't know if you guys had a chance to watch it, but I know that I did, and I and I thoroughly enjoyed the women's match. The men's War Game match on the other on the other side of things. Um, goddamn, if they didn't Hefner rule the shit out of this match. How do you Hefner rule War Games? By the way, how do you Hefner rule a damn cage match? But damn, if they didn't find a way. <clears throat> every time I every time I turn turn to to you know turn my attention, somebody else is is laying out waiting for somebody else to walk over. Like that's just not what a cage match or war games entails. 
I know some people are going to actually say, well, this isn't NWA. Yeah, no shit. But you don't have to continuously do the stupid high spot exchange. Just get in there and fight. What are you afraid of? Like, and I don't know if it's going to have their moment. Yeah, I get that. But I don't know if it's if it's a WWE mentality where that's the thing. Let's let's give everybody moments or or memories of it. Or if they just I hate to say it, if Triple H just doesn't understand the appearance of that. Look at the difference between the two. The women's war game match, they were 90 miles an hour from start to finish. Yeah, you had a couple moments, but these women laid it all out there. The men, on the other hand, I get the storyline at the end, and we'll talk about that here in a moment, but the men just kind of laid out there. It just didn't make any damn sense. Well, I mean, I think the problem we have is the men come in with that, oh, we're going to do this, we're going to do this, and then it quickly, you know? Yeah. And I also think in the women's division right now in WWE, like, they, there's, the storylines are fluid and moving, Mm -hmm. right? In the men, all of it ends with the bloodline. Like, there's no story anywhere you know that makes sense but um but yeah i think it's everybody wants their everybody wants their moment everybody wants their pay-per-view moment and i can't stand the whole bullshit of like let's all go sit over here and oh let's just oh look he's flying in real life what would you do if you're standing there you look up and dude's flying off you're gonna move out the way Right, right. I'm not going to sit here and catch your ass. <laughs> you know? I'm going to be like, this is my chance. <laughs> On the concrete, boom. Oh, yeah, that shit didn't bounce, did it? <laughs> well, I mean, there's there's a couple moments in this matchup that, that may have caused the, I'll call it a derailing of what the plan might have been. One of them is early on, Jey Uso crushes his hand. I mean, it looked like he broke it on a landing from a dive. He just didn't didn't get it done. The entire rest of the match, he's holding his hand and, and nursing the wound. Could have been the sell job, but he was all taped up this past Monday, so who knows? He even says that he feels like he legitimately broke his hand in the middle of a, a promo. Um, and then Roman Reigns and Kevin Owens have an exchange where I've watched the clip. I don't know if you guys have watched it. I think Brian mentioned he might have watched it, where basically Kevin Owens slaps the shit out of Roman Reigns. <laughs> Reigns and him start exchanging blows. Uh, after the match is done, we find out that uh, Roman Roman is not happy. He apparently gets backstage, is cussing, talking about might have a busted eardrum. And uh, it's chalked up in the backstage area to, quite frankly, just two passionate guys maybe being a, a little aggressive and that being that. I don't know. I mean, I kind of feel like Roman Reigns believes what, you know, he is his character, you know, and, oh, shit, you made me look bad out there for a moment, you know, and yeah. it's just, I mean, how many more, like, are we legit, like, we legit have to get to April, right? This is what we're doing? We're getting that, what we're going to have to get like. to WrestleMania for someone who beats that bitch. Mm-hmm. Like, God. 
And even then, we don't even really know if that's going to happen. I mean, if you're going to unify the belts, unify them and be done with it. Like, the Usos and Roman have been carrying the same two belts around since almost a year. Mm-hmm. Like, unify them or don't. You know, it's like the dumb crap when they when Jericho and them would carry the old, the big gold and the other title, you know, like. I'm sorry. Am I the only one that doesn't see Sami Zayn turning out to be the whole <coughs> badass after this whole thing? So they they set the stage early on in the pay per view, or excuse me, premium live event, where they're questioning the the loyalty of Sami Zayn based off of his conversation with Kevin Owens from the previous Friday's SmackDown. Uh, it comes out that uh, Kevin Owens is like, "You better do something before they do it to you." During the War Games match, Sammy turns on Kevin Owens, hits the low blow, leading to the finish of the match. Everybody celebrates with Sammy, and it looks like Sammy is officially in the bloodline. As a matter of fact, this coming Friday, <coughs> Sammy Zayn is scheduled to celebrate and become a, and I quote, full-blown noose. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um... I would say that it looks like, to me, they're going to stretch this to the Rumble. I feel like what's going to happen here is Sammy is going to get to a point where either he will be the one to challenge Roman, or Mm -hmm. they'll beat the shit out of him before that happens. Kevin Owens makes the save, and it's KO and Sammy against the Usos of Mania. I think what I see is... Sammy's going to keep going on the oose thing, right? They're going to make him an oose. They'll make him sign something. Or he'll have room and so Like, they'll have to sign something, right? Mm-hmm. But then at the end, one or two ways. This is, if, this is, if they're going to separate the belts again, Sammy could turn around and be like, oh, well, thanks. You know, when Roman's like, I'm the best champ ever, blah, blah, blah. I'm the boast. Of, well, actually, boss. This paper you signed <laughs> gives me that one. You know, like I could see him playing games on that and bringing down Roman Reigns. Is Sammy's character big enough to bring around Roman Reigns? I don't know. Popularity wise, Sammy Zayn is as popular as he's ever been. Oh, I mean, if they're not, it's kind of like back when they had Bray at the top and then they didn't do nothing else. right you know because i thought about it like if you wanted to put feed you know if you're gonna feed bray wyatt and roman at least you could take one belt off of him and be like oh well you know that way separate them but what do i know Brian, I know you're not necessarily on the uh, WWE train. Any thoughts on the uh, Sammy buildup? Well, it ain't Sammy that'll turn on him. Ah, okay. Hit me with it. What are your thoughts? Uh, what, what's what's the new one's name? Solo? S- Solo Sokoa. Yeah, it'll be him. Remember? Who, who sent him to Roman Reigns? Didn't he, didn't he say who sent him? 
the tribal chiefs or something? Didn't he? Well, it, Roman is the tribal chief. No, 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 no. The ones before. What do they call the ones before? The elders or something? Yeah, the elders or whatever. Right? He's been told you they sent him there. And if you watch when the rest of them celebrate, he normally doesn't celebrate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's usually got his arms folded and looks pretty pissed. Right. So something tells me that uh, he'll be the guy that turns and and drops Roman or costs Roman or whatever that title when the time is right at Mania. Hmm. I don't know who. And I don't know, you know, like, I don't think we've gotten there yet, but I don't think it'll be Sammy. I think they 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 made a point with the pay per view to solidify Sammy in the faction. Because mm-hmm. again, without Sammy, the faction kind of suffers a little bit. Sammy's your comedy relief, right? Right. Sammy's the guy that's made it cool for everybody because Sammy's the funny guy. So I Sammy, agree with that. Relief. I don't think you're going to dump him that fast. Well, I feel I feel like you got a good point there because Sammy has really earned his stripes, and to take him out of it too quickly would just not not make any damn sense. Oh, let's see here. Oh, Ronda Rousey and Shotzi Blackheart. Wanted to touch on this for a moment. This match was the drizzling shits. Good lord. I don't know what is going on with Ronda Rousey, but uh, first run that she had won't be there. was fair. This one, ugh. Shotzi and her, they just had a mess of a match. Just no kind of communication whatsoever. No, no cooperation between the two. And it gets so much to the point where there is a uh, a spot, basically a a DDT spot from. I guess the top rope to go to the outside. It ends up Shotzi kind of botches it. Ronda doesn't even sell it. Ronda drops to the apron. Shotzi collapses on the outside. Just a mess. Just a mess. And, and really, the, the indication here is just neither one of these girls seemed like they were ready to go. Um, you know, I, I watched that spot you're talking about. I think that's 100% on Shotzi Mm -hmm. Uh, because if you look at it or if you go back and watch and you look at how far over she was compared to where, because she should have been a lot closer to the ring. Mm -hmm. I think if, if Rhonda hadn't held on, Rhonda would have been dumped head first on the floor. I think the intent was it was for it to happen on the apron, but from the angle that that she dove from, you're right. Easily, that could have taken Ronda and Shotzi down to the floor without even coming close to the apron. Yeah, I, I mean, I literally watched that multiple times because there were a lot of people talking about Ronda and mm-hmm. giving you know and Shotzi the 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 you know pat on the back. Oh, this is Ronda's doing. No, no. I mean, like, she was, like, legit probably a foot away from the, the ring mm-hmm. where her body was. Yeah. 
Now that to me, I understand that Rhonda probably plays a part in that, but to me, Shotzi went way too far. Well, and what? that, I, uh, I was gonna say, I think Rhonda realized that and was like, "Oh crap!" Yeah, and she held that rope and then kind of just like half-assed the ball. Well, and and I can't say I blame her. If your feeling is that you're going head first to the outside, no one wants to do that. No one, not one person is going to take that spot. So I can't say I blame her for that and kind of bailing on it. It was just ill-timed and ill-advised. And here's the other part. Apparently, Ronda Rousey requested the producer for this match, so the guy that ends up agenting the match or producing it is Brian Kendrick. So they basically bring Brian Kendrick in off the street to book this match. Mm-hmm. That doesn't make any goddamn sense. Unless you're Brian Kendrick. I I mean, I don't necessarily have a problem with Brian Kendrick, but this guy hasn't been in the fold. He hasn't been in WWE for a long time. What, 14, 15? That does kind of make sense, though, that why she would try a spot like that. And she's probably not going to say, no, I can't do it, or no, I shouldn't do it. Right, right. I mean, I'm not a fan of hers anyway, but I don't think she's all that great. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, I've never been impressed by her in-ring skills. Talking about Ronda or Shotzi? And I, I'm, I'm not a fan of Ronda either. But I think in this case, if you go back and look, she clearly overshot the mark. Mm-hmm. And Ronda, when she was, like, looking down, like, oh, I'm about to go into the concrete. And my neck will be broken. Probably held that rope a little too long. Yeah. Survivor Series came and went. I don't feel like it was a bad, bad show, but damn, definitely room for improvement. Um, this past Raw, on the other hand, was actually quite good. Uh, we It starts off with Becky Lynch leading the way, doing a promo, has a brawl with damage control. The only question I had here is how is it Becky Lynch can single-handedly fight off three other women – but Bianca Belair, Asuka, and Alexa Bliss can't even buy a pinfall victory over any of the three. Like, what the hell? That don't make no damn sense. I mean, I like the. I was just watching it a few minutes ago. Like, I like the way that, like, she went into the crowd. Mm-hmm. And I was like, if there's one way, you know, if there's one person that can just say, you know what? I'm a face now. And right. watch me be a face. Ha, ha, ha. You know? And... I was looking, and security wasn't anywhere around. You know, normally there's security right there. Mm-hmm. Like, I guess they were off camera, but, like, imagine being those fans and legit, you know, she's just standing there like, hey, what are you doing? You know, like, we'd all be like, hi. Yeah, the one guy gets a little too close for comfort, and she backs off real quick. <laughs> he puts well, yeah, his arm around her, in. and he's like, nope. <laughs> yeah, he leans in with his... With with his beer, and he's she's like, nope. And then the people like, the, obviously the merch stand that they took out when they got up there. I swear it looked like Richmond Coliseum. They were in Norfolk. Oh, they were. That's why it looked familiar. Yeah, and this coming Monday they'll be in D.C. Um, you know, I won't I won't deny that Triple H has made some improvements, but damn, he's still got to get out of his own damn way. Somebody needs to get get him a, I don't know little bit of help out there. He's still making some of the same stupid mistakes. 
Um, you know, well, with tag team wrestling, you've got the back. same two tag teams going head to head every damn week. Yeah, and I mean, I think you have the problem is like, yes, you got Triple H and he's bringing in some of his people, but you still have all these damn people that, yeah. and you know, yes, Vince had the final say. Yeah. But, you know, it is what it is. Like, my question is, what the hell was Sean, uh, what the hell was Seth Rollins wearing? I think him and Becky got their outfits mixed up. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus. But, like, and you know what's funny is, like, I saw, I saw them bring out Dominic, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And all I thought when I saw Dominic and, uh, What's your name? Rhea. Rhea. Rhea Ripley is, wow, Dominic is this generation's David Flair. Oof. I don't know if I, I don't, I'd agree. I think that's an insult to David Flair. Like, like <laughs> dude, you came in riding your daddy's coattail. Then you beat your daddy down, and now you're Rhea's bitch. Uh, but wait a minute. Now, the funniest part of SmackDown was watching the uh, segment where Dominic and Rhea go to Go to Ray's house for Thanksgiving. He busts in and beats up Ray in the middle of his own house on Thanksgiving. Or the fact that Ray had to come around the corner and put his mask on. Oh, yes. That was awesome. I loved that. That was cool. I mean, Dominic is getting booed. He's getting booed, like, ridiculously loud. So maybe he's getting something accomplished. Is it is it Baron Corbin heat? I don't know. But it's something. But then, like, you got... Mia Yim was doing awesome. Yeah, yeah. And then you put the belt on Austin Theory. Uh, I mean, I'm not sold on Theory. Clearly, other people are. I, I don't really buy into it. Although, here's the thing. Seth Rollins, you got so many people at the top. This is the same problem that they've had for years, regardless of the roster size. So many people that could literally be at the top of the card. But, I mean, you choose Austin Theory. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> if if that's what you feel, I guess. And I think that's the pay, that's the nod back to, you know, Vince. That was Vince's boy. Right, right. So maybe he's doing that Vince as a favorite event. That. Yeah. So instead of just burying him, we're yeah. going to slowly take him down this the card, and like they've turned him into this. I'm an angry guy. Look at me. I've got the t- I got the U.S. title. I well, then you have kid. Seth Rollins basically come out and punk him in his face. <laughs> yeah, not not the best laid plan, that's for sure. You know, it's like when Roman came out and challenged John Cena to an open mic. <laughs> Wait, you're saying that was ill-advised? <laughs> you know, John. You know, Seth Rollins just out in the out in the ring with in his in his like negligee, <laughs> just out there going. Look, you hear that? That is the song of my people. It is tears, <laughs> and that is booze to you. Like that was great. Where he's like, "Let them sing." That was well done. He needs to keep that. That needs to be on a T-shirt. Oh, let's see here. So we talked about full gear. We talked about MJF as world champion. Talked about William Regal. We got through Raw and, and Survivor Series. Rob, you uh, you asked a question in our group chat, and I, I thought we'd talk about this because I found it funny. 
where you wanted to know what we wanted for Christmas. <clears throat> Do you regret asking for that now that you've seen the Christmas list I have? <laughs> no, I just think the funny that you think I'm going to buy any of those belts, but thanks. <laughs> Gotta admit, those belts have decent prices on them, though. Yeah, then you should buy them. I don't make Rob money. you buy the old NWA US title, buy two. Dude, that title looks so nice. I want the, I want, like, I got the US title. I would love that version. Yeah. Well, it's funny, as I was telling my wife, I was like, you know, (laughs) I was like, I asked them what they wanted for Christmas. They both answered. Now I'm sitting there going, fuck, what do I want? What do I want? (laughs) Well, I think a couple years ago, it was even, even we had this conversation and, uh, Brian made us scroll back through. He had already told us. Remember that? Oh, yeah. He's like, it's in the chat. <laughs> We're literally scrolling through the messages Two months page ago, after page. <laughs> and he wouldn't give you no hints either. He's like, it's in the chat. Uh, he's if you're st- my friend, you would have understood. Yep, yep. I, I give him credit. He stuck to his guns. He's like, nope, you're going to have to look it up. I mean, that's the way it should be. But you gotta say, Brian makes the Brian makes the holidays easy because you're like, what do you want? Well, for me, he's like, I want you to go to this store, and over here on this side of the store, down low, I put these things. Go buy them. Yeah, I, I mean, at least I gave you a link, and which I plan to go this weekend. So, yeah, and yours, but- like, there's some, there's obviously things on there. There's things that are in my price range. Things that like, uh, no. <laughs> um, you know, so and uh honestly, I mean I've already got jaws. I've had jaws for several months now. So y'all are like uh, y'all are behind or something. I don't know what the problem is with you. I it seems every year I have the intention of shopping early and I never get it done. And then I always end up being last minute for Christmas shopping. And it's gonna be something y'all never mentioned or whatever and you're just gonna have to like it in other words he's saying i bought you a gift now shut the hell up yeah really don't talk to me about christmas fuckers <laughs> no I, I don't care because i think it's funny as crap the list you gave rob honestly i think it, i think i thought that was funny i was laughing my little butt off well i mean you now know you he, know he's on something because he said little butt he he asked he asked multiple times and I was like, I don't know, I don't know. I was like, all right, fine, here you go. Boom, 20 well, see, things on the list. You asked the question. Kept poking the bear. You <laughs> asked the question a week, a week ago, and nobody said anything. Well, what else is new? I ask a question, no one answers me. Hey, guys, any ideas for a topic for the show? Cricket, cricket, cricket. And then you're like, hey, what about this? Nothing. Cricket, cricket, cricket. And so I was finally like, hey, what about Christmas? And it was like, huh. And then you were like, kaboosh. <laughs> I mean, Here's in fairness. My... And what people don't understand, they're listening. It was like he just unloaded a wedding registry. <laughs> it's not a wedding registry. Here, it's... Here's the blender that I want. But not only do I want the blender, but you can buy me this and this and this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that brings tears to my eyes. He said a wedding registry. <laughs> Oh, man. I'm seeing things I can add to this list, too. You ain't going to get it, so go ahead and add it. (laughs) There's only one person in your life that's going to buy you a belt, and she's sitting in the other room. 
Doesn't she already owe me like two of them? Yeah. I think so. Yeah. But you won't make her collect. You won't collect on it. Gotta have the money to collect on it. And technically, my money's her money, and her money's my money. So. And she wants a dog. And we got won? a dog. Exactly. You ain't got a belt. <laughs> no. Exactly. You know what? That. Oh, that's a great point. You wait. <laughs> you wait. It's gonna happen now. Uh, uh, no, it uh, isn't. Thank you, Rob. Thank you. Have you guys seen the new uh, WWE Superstars figures, like the uh, old school ones that come with the clothing, like the Honky Tonk Man and all, the latest set? Wait, which ones? Are you talking about the the ones that look like He-Man? Yes, the latest set has the Ultimate Warrior, Mankind, uh, Papa Shango, and the Million Dollar Man. Oh, no. I saw the click. Wait, you've seen them? I haven't seen them in person, but I saw them on a reveal. Oh, okay. I was going to say, if you've seen them in person, you notify me immediately. If you go to Hulk Hogan's Instagram page. (laughs) Oh, this is going to be so much fun. This is going to be so much fun. Stan, look what I hold in my hand. Get the F out of here. Man, they only had one, and this one's coming on with me. Oh, uh, <laughs> see, now that's some bull crap. That is some bullshit. What is he showing you? Because why y'all? Why y'all got y'all got cameras on or something? What What he's doing? No, no. What he's doing is he's talking about. Oh, Stan, you know, hey, I'm at the Target. I found Shawn Michaels, but oh yeah, I had to buy him myself. Sorry. That's what he's talking about. He's talking about doing a man dirty. That's not as bad as that's not as bad as when I said, "Hey, oh yeah, there's a jade at Target in, in Gainesville, Gainesville, but I didn't yeah. buy it for you." <laughs> damn sight didn't drive to Gainesville yeah. neither. So I mean, that, wouldn't, that wouldn't be the first time I've done it to you either. So uh, you've, you've, you've messed with me a lot like for. that, yeah. Yeah, that now I know that's what you're looking for. That's what you're gonna get. Uh, what a picture! But like, yeah, I got you the picture, bitches. <laughs> <laughs> I did my part. I told you it was here. See ya. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like what Brian said. Brian's like, oh, this is what I'm buying Rob for Christmas. And then, well, then I knew what he was going to say. Like, as soon as he said it, I was texting it. Like, you know, here's the picture of the Lego Ecto-1. <laughs> that was pretty damn funny. Oh, <laughs> uh, let's see here. Uh, coming up this week. MJF's going to talk to us, tell us what happened in celebrating his victory. Oh, by the way, his fiance says that uh, he won't he won't take the belt off until she calls him the undisputed AEW champion of the world. <laughs> um, don't know what's on tilt for or on the plan for SmackDown outside of Sammy being declared a full-blown ooze. Uh, no pay-per-views this weekend. We're coming up on final battle on the 10th and winter is coming. I think it's that following week. Uh, I will tell you that the Mattel creation Hogan and Funk has arrived. Ooh. They're beautiful figures. Did you do it? Did you record an unboxing? No, not yet. Okay. They're, they're Christmas, but I did I did actually take them out. He can't 
record and unbox if he's already unboxed him. So, I, oh, I cannot. I cannot. Well, and uh, hopefully, Andrade had a successful surgery. Oh, he's going back to the WWE. No, he's having surgery, you nitwits. Yeah, but your whole lot of wrestling fans felt really freaking stupid <laughs> seeing that. Oh, he was hurt. Okay. Oh. Oh, so much for his fight with Sammy. Yeah, well, that that's what made it even better. He's like, no, I've been injured for quite a while. <laughs> <coughs> well, wow. so ends another week of Corner to Corner Wrestling Radio. Catch up with your boys on Twitter. Rob's at Rob Hefner C2C. Brian's at Vlad Dragul C2C. V-L-A-D-D-R-A-G-O-O-L-C2C. And I'm blah, blah, blah. <laughs> he doesn't say blah, blah, blah. I'm at Stan yeah, Grub everywhere that shows. What's up? Did he say something? Yeah, you got him all choked up. Now keep moving. I apologize. I'm not saying blah, blah, blah. catch up with the show at c2c radio show everywhere uh and hey thanks for being patient with us we know we had a little bit of time off but you know the holidays get you that hangover you get a little get a little tired gotta recover we'll catch up with you next time right here on spreaker.com thanks again for listening have a great night everybody and now for music we can't hear Everybody loves the music. Everybody was talking to find me. Pretty, 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 pretty. Oh, sorry. Yeah, here comes another. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.